As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Built to Last show. I'm so excited for our conversation today about branding. So, Laura, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So this is a topic that I will I will out myself to you. Um, I'm probably like the the, and you're probably gonna be like, no, don't say that about yourself. I'm like the visual, like most uncreative visual person on the planet, which I know branding (laughs) is not all visual. It's a little bit of it, but I'm, I love having this conversation because it's not something I teach. Branding is not my world. Um, so I'm really excited to have you, Laura, if you'll take a moment to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background, and then we're going to dive into some really juicy conversations around this topic. Perfect. Um, I'm Laura Frable and yeah, I'm a brand strategist and storyteller. I came from, I spent two decades in the TV media world working for largely all documentary, National Geographic, Discovery, PBS, Little Netflix, and over the years also started doing some big brands. And I just hit a point, like many of us, I got tired of the demands of the corporate world, big network television, and really shifted to storytelling for the individual. I think... um, one thing I came away with, with all the years in TV is every production, no matter what it was for a, a big brand or a TV, it was always find that one character, the one, and this was documentary. So that one real person who can tell this story and time and time again, that one person brought millions of dollars for um, networks and ad dollars, raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for NGOs. They sometimes did campaigns for, and um, yeah, why can't we all? elevate our voice and use our story um, nowadays with the digital world to really not only make an income, but also an impact as well. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're a branding specialist. Uh, Who do you typically work with? What type of client now? It's largely executives or executives turned entrepreneurs, founders. And I think largely when we've worked in the corporate world, we're often defined by our title and the company we work for. And when we strike out on our own, I think it's very hard to make that transition of, you know, I don't want to be just another consultant or coach. How do I articulate who I am to make myself stand out, to differentiate myself, to gain clients? Mm -hmm. Um, Some people want to do more speaking or promote a book. And it's really helping them hone in on, you know, who are you and how do you want to show up in the world? And just in a so much more fulfilling way for yourself, as well as using that messaging to be able to attract not just your ideal client uh, or not just more clients, but the ones that you just get super excited to work, work with. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you use the word standout. It's such a word that we're, we've been hearing that word so much for quite a few years. And along with, you know, 
the marketplace is saturated, whether it's the health and wellness market or the business coaching market or whatever. And, you know, I've been in, I've been in business and in this industry for 10 years and it does seem, I mean, I'm sure like very honestly, it seems like it is getting harder and harder to be able to stand out because of the barrier to entry into the online entrepreneurial space is almost non-existent. Anybody could just, they could have decided yesterday, like I'm going to take my skills or just go, I don't know, riff off of the program I just took. And if I'm a great marketer and a great salesperson, I can go sell my stuff. So it seems like it's become so much more challenging. And, you know, after being in this industry for 10 years, the way that you could stand out 10 years ago, or even five years ago, or even two years ago, it's different now. So how do you teach, you know, especially women who have got like real skills, they had a corporate background, you know, they're coming into their business, maybe with our already with really great business acumen. How, how do we stand out now? I really believe like you were talking about the brand and visual stuff. And I don't, I think that's, Anybody can do that. I think the way you really stand out is your story. It's mm. taking no one else has had your unique journey. No one else has your unique perspective per, per se and your personality as well. So I think it's it's more about showing up as your full self and being able to show that personality because I think that's our world is inundated. We're t- tired of the, we're, we're inundated with noise. Yep. We're tired of the corporate box. So the people who stand out are the ones who really stand for something. And I don't mean you have to get, mm. you know, political or anything like that. It's just, if you are a leadership consultant, tell us exactly, you know, your values and your theory, your perspective of what leadership is and really mm-hmm. take a stance on that. So I think mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of I think digging deep. Mm-hmm. I think when you become an entrepreneur or you know strike out on your own, there is not we we go after we want to put up the website, start a newsletter, this that and the other, but we don't stop to say, wait, who am I? Where do I want to go? What do I want to stand for? What are my values I want to put out there? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we just start climbing an entrepreneurial ladder instead of a mm. corporate ladder. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Have you found working with uh, the clients that you've worked with, when you go deep with them and you begin to excavate their values and their personality and parts of their story, have you found that some women may not even know who they really are or they are afraid to show who they really are? Do you see both of those? One of those? I see both. That's a really good question. I definitely see both. I think I think they pretty quickly, once I start, I, I use a lot of what I used in say the TV world and interviewing people and just asking really, you know, um, pointed questions and feeding off of where I see them lighting up or what they gravitate towards, you know, in, in certain questions. And I think people pretty quickly start to find who they are. I think the Mm -hmm. bigger hump is usually putting themselves out there, being Mm -hmm. able to fully show up, giving themselves permission to show up fully. Mm -hmm. 
And that yeah. doesn't mean divulging all of your life either. I think that's another, we talked about that. I don't think that's another, I think it's another big confusion point for people is how much do I share? I'm supposed to be vulnerable. Do I have to share everything about my life and every struggle I've been through, my divorce and my cancer? And I don't think that's at all what it's about. Mm-hmm. I think you still get to, you still get to decide the boundaries of what you want to share. But I think being authentic is more about showing up with your per- full personality, with, you know, your opinions and perspectives. Yeah. How do we figure out which stories to share based on <laughs> who the idol client is, what our area of expertise is in? That's what I find a lot of women, especially they're really, they're very unclear. And again, it's not my zone of genius to yeah. help people with their brand. Um, but some of the things I'll hear, you know, my clients will ask me this because I'm a business strategist and, and mentoring them in business. And they'll say, you know, do I need to share this story, whatever that story is? And, you know, I always say to them, well, is it relevant to your audience? Is it relevant to what you say you're helping people with? We have so many stories. I wonder if it's like overwhelming sometimes for people to figure it out. So how do you help your clients extract and how do we know what are the right stories for us to be sharing in our personal brand? I think once you know that overarching kind of through line that, that goes through your brand, um, you know, like for example, I love elevating women's voices, you know, whether you're an executive within a corporation, whether you've become an entrepreneur or founder, I want you to find that voice and share it with the world so you can make your most impact. Then you start dissecting, okay, and a lot of times I have my clients, you know, brainstorm, you know, put three columns on a piece of paper. One is what are the pain points and struggles that your clients deal with? What do they want to feel even more so? Not just, you know, not just the concrete, tangible, but the intangible uh, feelings. Um, what do they need to be educated on? Because a lot of times they don't even know they need your service and you have to educate them on something before they realize they need it. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe they need to be educated about you and what value you bring. And then another column is, you know, what lights you up? What can you talk about for 10 plus minutes at a time? Mm-hmm. And I think. That gives you a little bit of like a huge brain dump to start working from. Um, And then the next stage I usually talk about is you can take everyday moments. You can take a walk to the coffee shop to grab a coffee in the morning and you can turn that into a story. You just always have to be pulling it back to what does your brand stand for? What are your, what are your clients struggling with? What do they need to feel? What do they need to be educated on? Mm -hmm. Do you want me to give you an example? Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Um, I was trying to think. Uh, Yeah. So recently, my children have been, (laughs) my two girls, they've been putting all of their change. We've all been putting our change into a little travel jar. And one wants to go to Thailand. The other one wants to go to Mexico. And I did a little post. I just thought it was cute. And I was inspired how excited they are. And I turned that into, I can't remember like the specific words, but of how, when we all have a common purpose, when we have, when we know our purpose, whether it be our own or a shared purpose, how much motivation that brings to us, how much joy, that type of thing. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's bringing it back to, 
here's a moment in my life, which I saw of my kids, which inspired me in the moment. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We're all going through this. We can mm-hmm. all use a sense of purpose. That's mm-hmm. what I think true happiness in work and life is. Yeah. So then what is that showcasing to your ideal audience when you share that particular story? I think it's showcasing partially my values um, and what I do for clients is help them really dig into their purpose, articulate it and be able to, hence, I think, just have more fulfilling work. Yeah. So a couple of other, um, you know, buzzwords, we were chatting about this before we press record. We hear these two words so much online in people's posts and those words are authenticity and vulnerability. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people use them because they just see them being used and they're just using them. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they, they don't quite know the true definition of those. I have my own like thoughts about being vulnerable and being vulnerable with or without boundaries. Um, yeah. What's the difference between being authentic and being vulnerable? And is there a line that we don't want to cross because it's like, crossing a boundary publicly or I think you get it. Yeah, I know. I think so many people struggle with that. Um, and I once I did a presentation, I actually looked up the definition of both of them and I forget now, but (laughs) in my mind, authenticity to me means just showing up as your full self, you know, bringing Mm -hmm. your personality, not trying to put on a corporate facade. You know, we, we connect with people because, you know, we can relate to them or we're drawn to their personality. So if you, if you're putting on a different facade and showing up with a different facade, you're also going to attract what you don't, the people you don't want to work with or the companies you don't want to work with. So I think it's so important and freeing when you really can show up as your full self. It's amazing. Like, I don't think there's a single client in the past few years that I have not adored working Mm. with vulnerability, I think is more, you know, opening up to what may be perceived as weaknesses. Mm. But I think most of the time, what we ourselves perceive as a weakness is actually a connection point and can be our strength to like reach people. Um, I just had it recently as perfect example, a woman reached out to me saying, I just wanted to let you know, you inspired one of my posts. Here it is. I always thought that having this career gap when I had children, I always thought I needed to hide it. But the more I saw your post about owning your story, I realized what a connection point this is. And she had this beautiful post about her career gap and how companies should be supporting or how women within companies and men should be supporting each other more when they see people come in with these career gaps, realizing, you know, all the strengths and that it mm-hmm. brings. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was one of her most best performing posts, I think. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. That was on LinkedIn. But so I think it's, you know, we can, when we own our weaknesses, they're no longer weakness. You know, what we perceive as weaknesses. I don't right. even think they're weaknesses. Yeah. Um, What's your belief about um, like sharing those vulnerable stories? Do you believe in terms of like from a personal brand perspective, Mm -hmm. um, do you believe that there's an appropriate time to share those things? You know, do you share it when you're in the middle of it? 
and when it's really messy? Or do you share it on the other side of it once you've learned the lesson from it? Which one is a better approach for the brand? I think people do it differently. I always have believed when you've when you've already been through it, I think, and you have something to take away. Because I think we're still human and we don't want to be brought down. I th- and this is talking for the brand. So, you know, if you're in the midst of, you know, going through breast cancer, say, and you need a community of women, well, of course, you can reach out on certain platforms and connect with those women. If that's something that's super important to your brand and you want to advocate for in your brand, then albeit absolutely share it in the midst of it. But I think on the whole, you know, we as humans, we don't want to be brought down. <laughs> we, yeah. we want to be lifted up. We want to, we want some takeaway from it. We want to be educated. We want to be inspired. So it usually takes getting on the other side of that, I think, to to share it. Yeah. That's I would a agree really with great that. question. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish there was a whole panel of people here to ask that question too. I know. Right. Well, <laughs> it's kind of like, um, you know, the vulnerable piece, I feel like when we're sharing, not necessarily like a, you know, a death or I got diagnosed with something, but, um, if you're a business coach and your business is not going well for like a season, you know, and crazy things are happening. Do you share it when you're in the middle of it or do you share it when you go, when you're on the other side of it? Um, and that's just one example, but I think sometimes the being there, you can be vulnerable without boundaries. And I think sometimes when we're yeah. in the middle of something, that's sort of like boundaryless vulnerability. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it could maybe depending on who the ideal client is, it could diminish the brand, the caliber mm-hmm. of the brand just a little bit. Um, that's my personal feeling as a, as a consumer, when I come across that, I mean, I feel that way. It's like, Hmm, I don't, I don't know if I want to go there with that person yet because they're in the middle of a mess and it seems like they need help. You want to share your expertise of, I went through this and this is how I got to the other side of it. And it, it does bolster you. And also I think when we're also in the midst of a struggle, I think there may also be narratives that we're telling ourselves, which aren't totally accurate either. Yeah. You know, every business goes through cycles of ups and downs. They're cyclical. You know, I guess you can very much when you're in the thick of it, be telling a story that is more a narrative you're telling yourself than the actual Mm -hmm. reality. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I guess I'm kind of thinking out loud though as well. So yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of schools of thought about when a business owner should be focusing on brand and Mm -hmm. at what point is it important? And I've heard different things from branding experts. So I'm like interested to hear what you have to say about it. Is brand something that is important for you to focus on at the very beginning of your business and really get that in place? Or is it something that you're doing years down the road? Once you have figured out who your ideal client is, once you have in-demand services, you know what your offers are, you know, it's sort of like what comes first, the chicken or the egg. What is your philosophy uh, on that? I'm, I'm a huge advocate. Figure out what your brand is before you even like okay. immediately. I think that's not to say, I think it evolves. It absolutely evolves as you, you know, like you said, get clients, you might realize, Ooh. I like working with this type of client, but not this one. Or I love working one-on-one. I'm really not liking group programs. So you're 
your brand's going to evolve, but I think at its core, you still need to figure out where are you going? What do you stand for? You know, what value are you bringing? What makes you unique? Mm -hmm. And I think if you figure out those things, that is like a foundation of your house. You know, Mm. you can build the house and put on additions and change it. But if you don't have that foundation, I think most people flail. So most people go out and think of branding as I need colors and certain fonts and a website. And they throw that up and, but they kind of look and sound like everybody else. And they wonder why they're not getting clients. So when, when you have that foundation, that story of who you are, then it's like, you can go to a brand, uh, a web designer and you hand them, Hey, this is who I am. They can do They can pick colors that will really resonate with that kind of brand. Mm. Um, when you're talking, if, if you have that foundation, when you're talking on social media, you know exactly what to talk about, what to say and who you're, you're targeting. It makes just posting on social media so much easier. If you write a newsletter, it makes that easier. I think it just makes everything else that people struggle with in your brand that much easier. So brand first then. Okay. Got it. Um, another, here's another like common branding question that I ha- I've often heard a lot, especially in like the coaching consulting space where the service you're selling is you, you're the one delivering yeah. your service. Mm-hmm. And, um, People will say like, do I brand my, do I have a personal brand or do I have a company brand? So how do you make that distinction, personal or company brand? I think if it's a small company and you're a solopreneur or have a very small team, you are the face of your brand. Now, whether you call the brand your name or whether it's, you know, you know, some other name, you are still the face of your brand and people, I mean, you always hear the no like, and trust factor. Mm-hmm. that is how people are going to connect. So people aren't going to connect. I even tell people on their websites, like show your face, because if you just see, say like, say it was a copywriter and you just see a typewriter sitting on the homepage, we're not going to connect with that mm-hmm. nearly as much as if we see a smiling face, an approachable mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. So we need to get to know, like, and trust a brand before we're going to mm-hmm. buy their services or inquire. And mm-hmm. I think that the way we connect is, human, human. Mm-hmm. So the more you can personalize and humanize your brand, mm-hmm. I think the better you are. Yeah, I think as, as you grow, and if you ever want to sell off your brand, mm. that is when that is when you have to start transitioning and taking your brand becomes a little bit more of the personality and humanizing that the brand and taking yourself out of it. But I think especially for people just starting out, or in business a few years, very mm-hmm. small or no team, you are the face of your brand. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was chatting. So kind of one in the same to answer your question. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. I was, um, I had a, an interview actually earlier today on the show that may actually air, like it may have aired like last week. And she, we were chatting about, so this is another interesting, interesting question about brand. I think many of us get to a certain point in our business some people it's it's short it's a couple of years other people maybe it's like 5 to 10 years and you get to this point and you're like okay i built this fantastic business that's lucrative i have this incredible community audience clients this is what i'm known for it's what i've been known for for a while yeah and then you decide that's not what i want to do anymore <laughs> 
And yeah. I had that conversation with someone today. So if you're listening to this, you'll, you've heard it on another show and she did a uh, million dollars last year and almost a million the year before and started the business in 2018. And it was on a very, very niche specific That's you know, topic. Yeah. And she's now basically reinventing herself. And we see this, like, this is not uncommon, especially in the online space. Right. Um, I, the woman I worked for, I worked for a woman uh, who had a really large coaching company and she still has the same brand. It still has the same brand name. She's still the face of the brand, but what she offers now is completely different than what she offered when I was there. I think there's also a lot of fear around that whole reinvention process, especially yeah. if you've been very financial, financially successful and people have, know you as like, I'm the, this type of expert right here. Have yeah. you ever worked with anybody in that reinvention phase? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Tell us like what's okay. From a branding <laughs> perspective, what's the approach there? It's all in the story you tell. I, I mean, I think you just need to connect. There's a reason that person is shifting. There's, there's a reason they were in this past world, this past career. And there's a reason they're in this new career. And what, what are the, what is the common thread that ties both of them together? And I'm trying to think of a, a good example. You know, one woman worked hardcore in a, I forget her exact role, but in the corporate world, she, I think she was in an HR role. She struck out and created more like a nonprofit around helping survivors uh, of, you know, everything from sexual abuse, you name it. And she's like, like everyone thinks like that's such a drastic turn from like HR corporate. So her whole thing was transformation. So she helped, and I can't, this was a little while ago, but, you know, she helped executives or employees, you know, transform their careers, transform themselves into better leaders. And right now she's helping people transform into better selves from these traumatic events that have happened. Mm-hmm. Does that, so I think you have to find some through line that it's usually something you're really passionate about. Mm-hmm. It's probably like more of your purpose. And, mm-hmm. and then you tell the story of that, you know, of how yeah. she elevates whether it's commuters or um, victimized women, I, yeah. I hate to use that word, but, and helps them through a transformation. Okay. Got it. Got it. So it's about finding that through line from both of those two worlds. Right. Okay. Got right. it. Got it. And I think then it's, yeah. And then it makes total sense. A, a great example. I went from the world of TV, documentary TV to, you know, you could say personal branding, personal brand mm-hmm. strategists, and people can mm-hmm. be like, what? Mm. And um, when I first did the shift, you know, I used to work at National Geographic I could say whatever I wanted, like, no matter what came out of my mouth, everyone would be like, ooh, did you sit in the, like, African savanna and look for um, lions and tigers? <laughs> and I'd be like, uh, no, I didn't quite work on, like, natural history programs that much. But what I do now, and everyone would constantly bring it back to, like, ooh, were you, like, doing this? And I was so frustrated. I was like, why is no one interested in what I do now? And I think it it really all came down how 
I wasn't tying the two together. I wasn't tying the past profession in this one. Oh. And you know, nowadays it's, I help elevate voices, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it was a cause, um, you know, in Africa or whether it's a CEO or entrepreneur who wants to make an impact in this world with their brilliance. I help them, you know, people show up in this world and tell their story to, to make that impact. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it clearly your philosophy about the branding piece is to really lead with the story, the storytelling, you know, you know, that's going to kind of guide everything else, all the other decisions that you're making in your brand. And then probably also largely in your, in your business is when you use the word storytelling and from, you know, your perspective, and I want, I'm asking this because I want the listeners to really get it. Are we telling like one main brand story all the time, or are we making up a lot of new stories all the time? Or is it a both and, you know, I'll give you a good example. <laughs> I use this as an example sometimes. Yeah. Um, Brendan Burchard is a really good example. I don't follow him much at all anymore now, but I did for about seven years and I attended events. I've read all of his books. My husband's a certified high-performance coach. So I finally got to a point where I could literally repeat his story almost verbatim because I had heard it so many times. And it's like every single time he opens his mouth, whether it's his podcast, his book, the stage, a call, anything, I hear that same story about when he had the wreck in the Dominican Republic, Guineas. You know, I could say the whole thing. Yeah. So is it like this one main brand story and you're just saying it all the time? Or is it lots of stories or both? Well, it's a little bit of both, but I still think you need that one main story repeated over and over. And I think people do, people talk, I hear that all the time. I feel like a broken record. I say the same thing. I don't have anything new to say. But there's a, the statistics is something like you need to hear something seven times before you remember it. So especially if you're posting on social media or in a newsletter, that saying, you know, your posts aren't hitting the same person every single time. You know, what is the average newsletter open rate? Something like 20, 25% or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so think about how, you know, you're putting that out into the world, but how many people are actually hearing it? And then they need, or actually seeing it every mm-hmm. single time you do. And then they need to see it seven times to even remember it. Mm-hmm. So I think the brands that are very repetitive, very consistent with what, mm-hmm. with who they are and their stories do um, perform. You know, you, maybe <laughs> you know exactly who Brendan Burchard is. Like I you, know do. Pers- you know his personality. You know what you're getting when if you sign up for anything of his. Now, having said that, I think like very specific stories, like the car wreck in Dominican Republic. I think they said, yeah you can still try and say it in different ways mm-hmm. or whatever his takeaway from that story is. You can have the same takeaways over and over, but maybe vary the stories a little. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And I imagine um, it probably takes a bit of you. I know you said it at the beginning of our conversation where you ask a lot of questions because you know, we're, we think our lives are so ordinary or the things that right. we've experienced, you know, why would that be part of my brand story? I think that's why it's 
it's, it's probably pretty necessary for us to be working with people just like you who can pull that out of us. Um, because of what any of us individually would come up with is probably not the most powerful angle or brand story that is going to be most relevant to who we truly desire to be working with. And I think sometimes that becomes apparent. This is something I hear often. I've also experienced it where we end up attracting people who are amazing and they're awesome and we love them, but it's just not quite the right fit. Uh, And it becomes really frustrating. And I think one of the things that can solve that is someone just like you who can really help excavate that that true brand story that's going to attract those type of clients you're really meant to serve. Well, I think, yes, I think when we're so in it, it's a hard, I think we gravitate towards what we think people want to hear mm. instead of what we truly want to put out there because we diminish, I think, what we truly want to put out. Mm-hmm. Um, or like you said, we don't think it's as special or unique because yeah, it's just who we are. So, yes, I mean, even I have had a sounding board for my brand to here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'd love to put out into the world. Here's like who I enjoy working with. And then having someone mirror that back to me mm-hmm. and what they heard. I think it's really incredibly powerful. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, awesome, Laura. This has been so fantastic and eye-opening about branding and when you really need to be thinking about your brand and the difference between personal brand and company brand and this idea of storytelling um, and the through line. It's, I, it's just so awesome. How can people find out more about you and how you work with them? Yeah, uh, I'm at laurafravel.com. Um, I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn, Instagram as well, but more on LinkedIn. And I hold a roundtable uh, every month, the second Thursday of every month. And it's really all about personal branding, honing in on your story, and then also how to put it out into the world. So there's a new topic each month. And uh, that's on my website as well, laurafravel.com slash roundtable. Oh, I love that. Can just anyone attend that? They have to sign up? You have to sign up. Yeah. So there's uh, on my website, there's details, the time, and there's a little link to register, but it's free. And it's it's just a great community of amazing caliber women, largely executives turned entrepreneurs. And we do a quick little presentation on a, you know, something everybody's struggling with. And then it's just kind of open conversation. And it's amazing to hear what people have tried and what they haven't and what works. And it's a great little community. Yeah. I love that. That sounds really exciting. Awesome. Laura, thank you so much for being here. This was so informative. And uh, if you are listening to this and you want to go hop into the next round table, you can click the link below in the show notes and go be part of that. Thanks for being here, Laura. Thanks for having me, Megan. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life 
family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.